The Free For All Roundtable. Round one. On round one, let's say good morning to Vas Bednar, Executive Director, the Master of Public Policy in Digital Society at McMaster University. Shelley Carroll, Toronto City Councillor, is here. News Talk 1010's Robert Turner. And actually, if I can ask you off the top, Shelley Carroll, when does uh, Council begin its uh, work in earnest again? When do we get serious about actually getting something done? November 15th. Okay. And is that when yeah, you get sworn in or have you already taken your yeah, oath? Yeah, that's, 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 the, that's the day we have the formal inaugural where we, where we shake hands with the mayor and everything. But, but really starting next Monday, we'll, we'll all be going in one by one to swear our oath and have our new portrait taken and, and, and that sort of thing. What's going on this week is the onboarding of a whole bunch of brand new councillors. Yeah, okay, yeah, because there are quite a few rookies on council. And without dwelling on it too much, I'm very curious, does your oath involve swearing allegiance to King Charles III, or do you set that aside? No, I guess it will. I guess it will. I'll have to be careful I don't slip up. And all his heirs and successors. Okay, so um, it's almost a certainty there is going to be a school strike tomorrow. Robert Turner, you got two kids in the school system, so are you guys going to have to improvise something tomorrow? Yeah, and we'll figure it out. Um, the boy was told that there may be some online learning, and uh, he has invoked his notwithstanding clause and informed the family that he will not be doing any of that sitting in front of the Zoom camera stuff. That's just not going to happen this time. So, um, yeah. Uh, and my daughter's upset because she loves school and wants to hang out with her friends. So hopefully something gets solved between now and tomorrow morning. It doesn't seem likely. Um, mm-hmm. And it seems like, I mean, it's, I, I imagine, and Shelly, I mean, you were a school trustee the boards have yeah. pretty much signaled what they're going to do. So they're going to call this this afternoon and say, yeah, we're closed tomorrow. Um, so unless there is some magical miracle tomorrow morning, they're out. And the union's saying they're out till further notice. So this isn't going to be what I think a lot of people thought it was going to be, a one day, okay, we're not going to strike, but we're going to protest and make a lot of noise and then back to work Monday unhappy and figuring out what the next step is going to be. So I, I don't know where this goes. Yeah, Shelley, I have to imagine there is sort of a ripcord moment at some point today where it doesn't matter if negotiations are ongoing, that's it, that's all, we got a strike, we're closed. Well, I think the ripcord moment actually came yesterday. Uh, I think the reason the the union actually uh, attempted to come to the table and, and attempted to to bring uh, forward their own compromise offer, they they actually were were willing to come down on their demand, and the government said, "No, we're not talking to you until you take the uh, the the threat of a, a protest strike on Friday off the table," and and that really was the ripcord moment because this is a very large. Uh, uh, bargaining unit, particularly in Toronto, where, where the boards are so large. And so really, that was the moment. And, and beyond that, they then have to start mobilizing. Where will people pick it? Who's to report to where? That, that takes a good 48 hours. And so I think the ship has really sailed for Friday. What we hope now is that there will be tense 11th hour negotiations that bring us to some point on Sunday night that, that stops us from having the protests continue next week. Well, and the school board's better do something to try and get open because, uh, okay, maybe you don't have time to get it ready for Friday, but if this is going to go on, figure it out. Because one doesn't sense that there was a meeting where everyone at the Toronto District School Board and management sat around and said, okay, how do we keep schools open? They just went, oh, I guess we're going to have to close. Like, they're they're driving the getaway car here in supporting what is, at this point, looks like it's going to be an illegal strike by tomorrow. And Vaz, as Robert was talking about his son, Ben, being asked to do online learning, my heart sank because I think for so many 
many families, this is a return to a really dark period. And so they really, they would just prefer everybody go to school tomorrow. Let's just, you know, let's figure this thing out. This is going to be ugly. I think the ugliness is having students and, and their learning as, as a pawn, a sort of polluting pawn in, in this narrative that's around the the labor rights of people working to keep our education system going. And I also think from a, from a meta-narrative, we're seeing this government be almost borderline autocratic, right? People get surprised by their policy decisions because they ran on getting it done. They never quite told us what it was. And they they're kind of taking shortcuts and, and cutting corners instead of letting letting democracy play out. So yes, my heart sank when I heard that too. It's really tough to expect young people to to young kids to to be learning online, but the way this showdown is going makes me very uneasy overall. Okay, it was showboating, but let's enjoy it anyway. Uh, yesterday, half of the NDP caucus ended up being ejected from the House. Here is the interim leader, Peter Tabbins, uh, going through the various stations of the cross of being reprimanded and then kicked out. Speaker, when will the Premier and his ministers stop lying about the damage they're doing to the education system? Order. The member will withdraw his unparliamentary comment. I will not withdraw. I'm telling the truth. They're lying. Take his seat. The member will take his seat. Speaker. Order. I will ask the member once again to withdraw his unparliamentary comment. My remarks were accurate and true. Ministers are lying. You will be named. Mr. Tabbins, you are named. You must leave the chamber for the day. <laughs> you are named. There's something very Harry Potter about that. Uh, <laughs> Shelley Carroll, mm -hmm. can somebody be kicked out of the council room at uh, Toronto City Hall? Yeah, we, we have a different uh, process than you are named, but but yes, the, the Speaker of our House, the, the, the Speaker of Council, has the ability to call in security to remove a member, and, and on some rare occasions that actually has been done. Um, and then, then you, you go through a process to, to be returned to the chamber, and and in, in almost every case, uh, when, when the councillors come back, they have apologized. Okay. And Vas Bednar, was that yeah. sort of an admirable puppet show that went on at Queen's Park yesterday? I mean, I didn't even know you can't say that someone else was lying in the house, but sure, admirable puppet show, I'll, I'll go for it. There's, you know, to be an opposition party right now, it's very hard to oppose, in, again, in a majority context. So I think I'm not suggesting that what the opposition parties do is performative by any means or has low utility, um, but it's very difficult to get traction and, and drive wedges because their their votes don't impact where where the policy goes. There's, so there's a natural kind of impetus, impotency well, there. I think it was really successful. I mean, they got what they wanted. We're talking about. Yeah. It. Yep. They got they got their live yep. they got their live time on CP24 yesterday while it was happening. It was dramatic. Yeah. Um, and it's, you know, it's part of the job. And I mean, for the NDP coming after all, what, somehow you're the opposition, but you, Andrea Horvath managed to make you entirely irrelevant over the last number of years against Doug Ford. Now they, they seem to have the bit. They have teeth. to rebuild. And yeah. this is, you know, and, and they also can uniquely go after this where the liberals will have a harder time doing it because of course, Dalton McGinty once imposed a contract on education workers. So they have to capitalize on it. And incidentally, the, in technical language, you cannot say that somebody is lying within a house of assembly. You must say that they have 
possibly misled the House. So there you go. Oh, on the roundtables, you can just call somebody a liar. Talk 10, no. 10? No. Yeah, exactly. no, you okay. can call John a liar. It's fine. Robert Turner. Okay, you are named. You've been named. Okay. <laughs> Um, Emergencies Act inquiry heard yesterday about something we suspected all along because we've actually seen videotape of it. Uh, Vaz Bednar, let me start with you. Uh, the somewhat cozy relationship at times between some cops and protesters to the point where apparently sometimes police were passing on intelligence to the protesters, which actually puts all of their colleagues into danger. If you tell people like we're going to raid you at 6 a.m. tomorrow morning, then people are going to be ready. Yeah, very concerning to read about. I mean, it's been fascinating to have this inquiry. I think it does cross a line. You can be, I think, ideologically aligned with a group of people and, you know, respect their right to do what they're doing and hold that as a personal view. But when you're starting to share confidential information that you have by virtue of your work, I I got to think you're breaking some kind of, of professional bargain there. So yes, it seems to confirm what some people worried about. As for the scale of these leaks, I think that's actually way harder to quantify and and appreciate. Yeah. Shelley Carroll, though, yeah. it is worrisome to consider the even the intellectual overlap between some police officers and the protests, but also if they were passing on intelligence, then that is basically ratting out their 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 brothers and sisters in uniform. Yeah, because the the latter that the, the uh, um, that's a real breach. Um, what, what what you first talked about that there was some sort of intellectual connection. I think the public was sensing that all along. We heard you know uh, downtowners uh, from Ottawa commenting on that that in the media. It seems like these police are just standing around having a cozy time with people who are making our lives living hell, and so they could sort of feel it on the ground. But to find out that that intelligence was shared, that is a politicization of police. It is completely unacceptable. Law enforcement uh, ceases to be possible once you have that, uh, um, uh, you know, political decision on the part of an officer, how they're going to take part in something. But to go all the way to sharing intelligence, if that is true, that 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 calls into question do you even have an ottawa police force at all if if they're they're they choose through their politics to decide what to do in a crisis well and that's the key if it happened uh because everybody's taking every piece right. of testimony at this thing and going see this is what happened well no actually everyone's telling <laughs> yeah. us what they said happened and then the, the judge is going to decide what we're believing and what we're not believing if you had police officers sharing intelligence they should be fired and criminally charged if possible because that just can't happen um but i don't think you can take the leap that because people saw police chatting with protesters that they were all in league because you also want police not to escalate situations so i don't you know was it happening right. it sounds like it may well have been happening and if it was those police need to be fired i don't think you can say though that because police weren't in there with billy clubs uh swinging away at truck drivers right away to get them out that there was some sort of you know the entire police force was on side so we need to see how much of this actually right. happened and then deal with it but i would hope every organization that was named in there the rcmp ceases all of them are conducting internal probes and anyone they find better be fired
Okay, well, what do you make of another story about the convoy this morning, which is a lawyer who's running a class action suit on behalf of the people of Ottawa who were inconvenienced, plans to go after even people who just donated. They weren't a part of the protest, but they sent some money. Good luck. Uh, I mean, it's lawyers are going to lawyer. I, I mean, I guess if he figures there's some billable hours there, it might happen. I'm not expert enough to know. I get it. It was unpleasant. They were noisy. It still seems to me like we brought in the Emergencies Act to deal with what could have been dealt with by simple police work on day one. Shelley, your thoughts on that one? Yeah, it's it's a bit previous. I mean, let's let this public inquiry roll out because you don't even know, you know, you bring a civil suit usually if, you know, in court it has been determined that harm was done and then you bring a civil civil suit to 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 monetize that. And, 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 you know, as Robert says, this hearing isn't done yet. The judge hasn't given his findings. Yeah. And uh, they're already mounting, getting ready to mount a suit on behalf of everyone who lives in downtown Ottawa. Uh, it, you know, where do you draw a circle around who is, is culpable? And, it, you know, they're, they're right now trying to uh, figure that out. Without well, that's why I think it's so judge. cool. That's why I think it's so cool, actually, it just as an intervention, just to think about there are people who were more kind of front lines, a part of the protest or disruption physically. And there's also yeah. a huge body of people that finance their ability to do that. So to 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 implicate those who financed and, you know, gave monetary support for whatever that regime was, I actually think is kind of novel. But I take your point that maybe we're getting a little bit ahead of ourselves there. OK, my thanks to Vance Bednar, Robert Turner, Shelley Carroll. Robert Turner. You are named. You must leave the chamber. Catch the round table. Round one at 745. Round two at 845. Weekday mornings on more in the morning. News Talk 1010 Toronto.